Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix. We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires, instead of always looking for the next quick fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. It's your girls, Kara and Kylie here with episode 56, 57, 57, <laughs> episode 57. I know, I know. Um, yeah, Kylie, what's new, girl? Well, first of all, people are probably like, all you have to do is just look before you start recording and you would know. know the episode number. And we do I'm this sorry, every episode. <laughs> we do it for the consistency now. Consistency is key. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can never know what episode it is. No, if we showed up and knew, it would just be, it would be breaking a pattern. Exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> Love it. No, um, yeah. I just got back from Austin yesterday at the time we're recording this. Um, love I was it. there for like six days. Always love visiting so much that I am moving there. So put <laughs> it up. That is, that is what's new. So that's pretty big for me. Um, we've been talking about me having some changes and stuff coming up. I've kind of known yes. I was moving for a couple months, but I've just been making the last decision. Um, love Nashville. Have loved my time here. Taught me a lot. Been through a lot. Um, but I'm just ready ba- to You're basically leaving over. my second home. Like, what? are you kidding me? It's well, so funny it's because fine. it's like, I had never been to Nashville before last year. And then I basically spent like half of last year in Nashville with Kylie and now she's leaving. Like, I feel like I need to come celebrate with you and have a going away party. I'm so open to that. There's a Taylor Swift themed night next weekend. I'm going to, so there's two of them. Actually, I thought about going to both, but do I I want to be that person? Yes. Catch me a plane ticket. I will will absolutely catch you a plane ticket. Say less. (laughs) (laughs) You want to be out, out there. So I yeah, I, I, I'm trying to do a lot of fun stuff. I'm le- moving in six weeks. So by the time this comes out, like five, five and a half, oh um, squaring away a lot of things, trying not to stress about that part of things, but moving is always stressful. So um, stressful. I have a super great low stress situation to move into, which is great. I have roommates. I have a place already set up that was taken care of like a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the logistics of getting things from Tennessee to Texas. Yeah. How are you going to do that? I was wondering about that. You and my mother as well. So that was a phone call today. So um, we'll we'll figure that out. I don't know. I got to figure that whole thing out. I really don't have to bring much. I'm just bringing my bedroom and then all my like things. Like I don't really have other furniture because everybody I'm moving into like a furnished place. Oh, like the people, people already live there. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's nice. Yeah. 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 So I don't have a lot anyways. I downsized a lot when I moved into this apartment, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just figuring out the most cost-friendly way to lug things down there. Um, What, what my cat is going to do for 12 hours in a car, all that kind of fun stuff. So might have to like sedate or something. Just kidding. Um, Definitely. I don't know. I think that's a thing. I think they like do like cat Benadryl or some shit for long drives. I don't know. They definitely do. She likes car rides if I don't put her in a carrier, but I don't know about 12 hour car rides. I don't know how that works. Yeah. That's going to be rough, but basically yeah. I'm moving too. Moving yeah. To so as well. Kara, Kara keeps saying that, which is hilarious to me, but actually probably <laughs> true. Cause we have a lot of people down there already. Um, which is what I'm excited about. I have a lot of people there. I love the city. I've been in love with it since I went like, I don't even know what three or four years ago now. Yeah. Um, I go back a lot. Every time I go, people are always like, when are you just moving there? And it's the de- the joke is now not a joke. So yeah, that's, that's, what's new with me. That'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. We'll probably have a hiatus week or something at the end of June. Cause I will be doing that. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Or maybe one of these days we'll like batch episodes, but probably not. Probably. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of work. Um, we did honest. that. We did that one time. We did that one week. We did that one time. We were like, wow, look at us go. Never again. <laughs> we love you guys. This but, is a labor of love. <laughs> But what we do have together is awesome guests all the time. So we have one of those today. We have our, one of our favorite people. Um, we all met through the gram, which is crazy to me. Um, and we were on the same team as well. Yeah. 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 
Mm -hmm. we, yeah, we were, we all had the same coach at one point. Um, and yep. she was one of our Instagram pals. I just feel weird saying that. Cause I feel like I've known her for so long now, but we all still have not met in person. Never I met find in person. that really strange. Like what? Um, but I always have to give Laura this shout out. Uh, she actually helped me name my program. Like back when I started C180, like Hell yeah. up with that. So, um, we have Laura introduce yourself. Tell them, tell them who you are. I'm done talking. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me guys. Uh, I'm super excited. Hell yeah. <laughs> it is still crazy that we all haven't met in person, but that's because I live in just the corner of the country. Literally live on the other side of the country. Like, yeah, full, no, like, <laughs> but okay. dude, one of my, one of my best friends lives there now. I am coming. I will be there mm -hmm. at some point. Yeah. You said that a while ago. I'll hold I know. I know. I know. <laughs> She's still there though. She is still there. She said the same thing. So <laughs> we got to meet in the middle. You have double reasons. You have to come see me as well. But anyway. You're right. <laughs> um, yes, we've all been friends for a long time. We all met originally through, I think it was all of our first like serious online coach mm -hmm. situations yep, yeah. that we all personally went through. Yeah. Um, and I myself am also an online coach, just like mm -hmm. you two lovely ladies. And that's pretty much my story. That's how we know each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Laura, I literally remember like, it's so funny to me because just like, cause we're so close now, but I literally remember like back in 2018 following you and seeing you like being an online coach and everything. And I'm like, I want to do what this girl does. Like how, oh my God, like look at her client. I have always thought Laura's stuff, just like we would always text and be like, look how good this looks at like, Laura's. Yeah, like, I remember, Laura's I remember always texting her and being like, Laura's so good at Instagram stories. <laughs> and like, and now I'm like, Laura is so good at TikTok. Like <laughs> if you guys aren't following Laura, literally we were talking about you the other day. We talk about you behind she your back all the time, but in a good a way. Yeah. We're like, she's a TikTok girly. girly, but like in a good way. Like, in a good way. <laughs> you're like, you have like the hot fitness girl TikTok, but with education thing going. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's truly. Love it. That's what we love. <laughs> good morning. Here's your gas up for the day. <laughs> literally. Oh my God. Well, okay, Laura. So obviously you're an online health and fitness coach. So would love our audience to learn a little bit more kind of about like your journey, which is kind of going to segue into like what we're talking about today. Um, but would love to just know a little bit about your journey and kind of like how you got to where you're at today with your own health and fitness. Yeah, definitely. So we'll bring it back nine whole years now, which is crazy. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I'm 29. I started my fitness journey when I was 20. And this was like 2013. Um, mm -hmm. And I became a fitness personal trainer certified, you know, in 2014. So in that first year, I had the worst personal training experience of my life when I first started getting into the gym. And that kind of scarred me and motivated me to take charge and learn the basics myself. And of course I thought, Oh, I'll get certified and I'll know everything. And then I won't mm -hmm. need anyone ever again. And of course that was just opening the door to never ending education. But yep. so I started uh, training in gyms for about three to four years before moving my business online. And now I've been full-time online coaching since 2018. So almost yep. five years, crazy. Um, but my journey itself, yeah, has been a lot of a lot of trial and error. And that is what the majority of my content is centered around is helping women avoid the years of trial and error that I went through. Because again, mm -hmm. I'm nine years into this and I've only started doing things like quote unquote correctly for probably the last three to four years. Yep. Um, and yeah, I just, I want to help every woman avoid wasting the time that I wasted. So mm -hmm. A lot of my journey has been under eating, over training, and just spinning my wheels constantly. And that is the main problem that I help women solve. Yep, for sure. For sure. And I think that pretty much we can all say that most of the women coming to us are struggling with that, right? Are struggling with the under eating and the overtraining. And once again, we have another person here to tell you guys listening that that is not the way to go. So we're just always confirming that there is a better way to go about things. So Laura, you've obviously like your physique has transformed so much over the years. So like, what was it that kind of got you into like, understanding and knowing exactly what to do and like what do you feel like was that like kind of like that key in being able to finally transform your body to the place that it's at now <sighs> that's that's like always the question from mm -hmm. everyone like, what's the one thing um mm -hmm. 
And honestly, I feel like it comes down to as cliche as it sounds, you have to get someone with an outsider perspective that you trust and you have to swallow your ego and listen to them. Yeah. Because yeah. you just don't know what you don't know. And if mm-hmm. you've been trying the same thing over and over, what makes you think it's going to work the next time? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is kind of the quote unquote rock bottom that I hit after like five years. And yeah. I was like, okay, obviously what I'm doing is not going to start working tomorrow. I need to listen to someone else. I need to do the things that I've been resisting doing, which was do less in the gym, eat more food, Mm -hmm. work more productively and following a program and not just throw random stuff at the wall and hope that it sticks. Yep. Yep. And I think that that's something that so many people struggle with is like, they are literally like, I was just thinking about this the other day because I was having a conversation with somebody who was like, I've literally tried everything when it comes to fat loss, you know what I mean? And they say that they've tried quote unquote everything, but like they've tried, okay, they've tried tracking macros, but they quit after two weeks. They've tried, you know, like they've went, they've done like quote unquote weight training, but it was like group fitness classes, not an actual program. Like they've tried the fad diets, whatever it may be, but they've never actually tried like hiring somebody who can get them to where they want to be. And like, doing less, eating more, all that kind of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, like that's something that so many people struggle with is like just kind of throwing random shit at the wall and like hoping it sticks. And that's why you're wasting so much time in your journey. So yeah. yeah. I think it also has so much to do with people's tendency to want to make what they've already been doing work, whether it be the time, the investment in money, the energy, it's the sunk cost fallacy that we all talk about. Mm-hmm. They do not want to give up on the thing that they've been doing because they've already put so much time, effort, energy, money, belief into this panning out for them that giving up now just means that they're a freaking failure and they're starting all the way over, but that's not the case. Like yep. at all. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Like, I mean, I was the exact same way going through, I mean, I was in school to become a dietitian and I was trying like all of these different fad diets and everything, like wanting them so desperately to stick. Like I freaking sold Advocare. I wanted it to stick so bad. Advocare. Advocare. I wanted it to work so bad. Right. And it just never did. Like Kylie, I know you were the same. Mm -hmm. So, oh, dude. Do you think that there's an issue still? I think, to, I think honestly, this is one thing I always say, and I am very sensitive to like the hardships of the pandemic, but I think the one thing that COVID did was bring an awareness to our industry even existing. Um, and I yes. still feel like we are at a little bit of a battle with just not being known as an option and that we're so new to a lot of people as an option that it, there's a difficulty with like trust, I think, in online coaching still because mm-hmm. it is so different. Like it's not just this normal thing you can find like, follow it's right it's not just something they can like purchase or like follow as like a guide or something on pinterest and we're also lumped in unfortunately i know all of us have had this frustration when i tell someone i'm a coach or i'm an online fitness coach and they're like oh like beach body or oh, oh like God. this we're like no not, absolutely not like that right <laughs> but i think that we still have a little bit of that too where i'm like at some point i have to give some of the some of our potential clients grace, because we are this like foreign concept to a lot of them. And I just hope that by continuing to bring on so many different like people in our field here onto the podcast and for us all to can keep putting out content and people finding out that like what we're saying is credible and like seeing our clients results that we can kind of start to shift that narrative of people's options for health and fitness. Because I do think that's still one of our biggest barriers. I've just been thinking about that a lot lately is that out, it seems like something that's so well-known because we exist in our well-known bubble. And I still go out into the world and meet people and tell them what I do for a living. And they're like very confused. Like mm-hmm. I have a lot of people that don't understand that. Like I could also do new nutrition and they're like oh so do you just like do zoom workouts with your clients like I think like I there's such a disconnect when I explain what we do that I think we sometimes forget because we do see like we're all friends with each other right (laughs) so like we see it um so I just hope that like people like Laura like Kara like myself putting out this kind of stuff like on TikTok or wherever it is especially platforms honestly like that where there are so many young girls who are in the position we were in during those years I would have loved to have that platform and of course there's a bunch of like trash on there too but it's a lot more likely to be able to find some people and find paths to good options and coaches than I think we had available to us in like the prime years I'm around I'm basically like a year older than Laura so that mm-hmm. prime 
college time we were in, it was like, even like fit Instagram was like pretty new when I was in college. Like it was not what it is now at all. So, um, that was kind of just a side ramble, but I definitely just want to say, I think that having the type of stuff that you guys talk about, it kind of feels like sometimes that we are beating a dead horse with some of this stuff. And maybe even the topic that we were bringing you on to for today, we were like kind of talking about it. And I was like, I feel like it's kind of like understood, but it's, it's not actually. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep harping on it, even though it feels to us dead, but to you yeah. as the listener, this is still a new concept or you're hearing it from new authorities. So I'm excited to get into it and really excited to have you on here. Yeah. New authorities, baby. We are the authority over here, the health and fitness authority. Yeah. And so, I mean, definitely something that we kind of wanted to touch on with Laura, because I feel like you have a big, and this is something that you talk about a lot is like the difference between like, what is going to be the most effective toward your goals, right? The difference between like lifting weights, cardio. Like, I think that this is a constant battle that I feel like we are bringing more awareness to the fact that, you know, lifting weights is kind of going to be the way to go, but just kind of breaking down, like the differences between those kind of like differences that you saw in your body, whenever you were doing one versus the other. And like, what do you find to be kind of like the pros and cons of each? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, when it comes to I think we need to kind of specify like what are the pros and cons based on like what specific goal. And I think that a very common goal for most people is they want body recomposition. They want to lose Mm -hmm. fat Mm -hmm. and they want to look toned. And Mm -hmm. we all know that that just means have muscle tissue that's significant enough to see and Mm -hmm. low enough body fat to see that muscle tissue. So you look toned. Um, So the, the thing that I think needs to be clarified in all of this information that's like shared online about like what's better weights versus cardio it's like everyone's asking questions without context like they're asking very broad questions and that is part of the problem like people need to define what their goal actually is Mm -hmm. and then figure out what specific questions to actually ask more so than just what is the benefit of doing more cardio should i do more cardio should i do more weights like what is your actual goal here and long-term, not just in 12 weeks. Yep. yep. So kind of circling back to that, um, when your long-term goal is body recomposition, you always want a heavier emphasis on strength training. You always mm-hmm. want cardio to just be a tool, something you can use in higher amounts at times, but in moderate to minimal amounts at most of the time, like majority mm-hmm. of the time. And the biggest difference that I see with clientele and with myself in my own journey is when you stop constantly trying to be in a deficit and constantly trying to have cardio in your routine, your body actually starts to look like you're in the gym all the time. Yeah. When you're on the, the hamster wheel of I'm trying to eat as little as possible. I'm trying to also gain muscle and you know, lose fat at the same time. And then I'm also using cardio to maintain the physique that I have. Like if I don't do cardio, it's just going to go downhill. Mm -hmm. So you're using cardio as a means to an end instead of a tool and your body's going to reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to have that athletic, uh, appearance that toned, like firm, Mm -hmm. full muscles, like look like you can lift heavy appearance. That's not going to be there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, even for me, like. I specifically think about whenever I was in college, like I was lifting, but I was putting a heavier emphasis on cardio at the time. And like my body reflected it. Like I did not look muscular whatsoever, you know? And so I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with, especially like generations before us, because they were so, which is again, like a lot of the women that we work with, like we work with a lot of women in their thirties, forties, fifties. Right. And like a lot of that kind of like even older generation is so programmed into cardio, cardio, cardio. Like that's what they grew up with. You know what I mean? They grew up with the home workouts and the, and the cardio and all of that kind of stuff. And so it's hard to kind of switch that mentality sometimes. 
Yeah, yeah. for sure. I, I see a lot of women in that age group and like, I've heard it from my family as well and stuff that are just like very put off still by like women lifting weights at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it was just not, I think it's, I think we, we still have that struggle with women understanding that like, it's good for them, but I feel like it's become a lot more normalized. Like we see it's a lot more, not as weird to hear about girls in the gym and like seeing them lift weights. And there's still probably a little bit more divide there on like how heavy women are lifting. I feel like it's still out there, but even that's getting better. Um, but I definitely see that generationally. Um, I also think that seeing all of this, like the cardio, what that does to your body versus lifting, like you said, in context of your goals, we're also running into a lot of women who are pairing that, like we said, with not eating enough too, which is definitely Mm -hmm. not keeping any kind of shape. Um, and a lot of times they haven't taken any of that time to ever have periods of feeding up strength training or not. So we're really just shedding quite literally everything. Like there's no muscle retention at all. And then, like you said, we get to the end of it and I have women with like a bunch of extra loose skin or they're feeling like super, um, I don't know. I always call it like wet noodly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and we're trying to not be out here looking like, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking of for Kara's sake, like when SpongeBob's arms are just like waving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's like, that's like the vibe in my head. And I'm like, well, that's because we're not lifting at all. And it really has a ton of other benefits outside of that too, that I know, um, Mm -hmm. we all have touched on a lot. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like something that I'd be interested too, in like, hearing your take on Laura is like, so there's obviously, there's always the camp of like, it's either losing fat or building muscle. You can't do both at the same time. You have to do one or the other. And at a certain point, yes, I do agree that like, you know, as we get kind of like more advanced and stuff, it might be easier for us to focus on like one or the other, but I'd like to hear kind of your take on, you know, like, losing fat, building muscle at the same time. And like, who can this be really, really beneficial for and who might be able to do this more than other people? You know what I mean? Yeah. I love this topic and this question. This is so controversial. Every it is. People mm-hmm. get so triggered. So and- mad. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Like I get it, but there's just again context for everything and yeah. ever. So yeah, with the whole losing fat, building muscle at the same time. First of all, like it's important that people, like the general population, understands that those processes do not happen simultaneously in the body. Mm-hmm. And I like to always use the metaphor of like one foot's on the gas pedal and one foot's on the brakes. You're kind of trying to do everything at the same time. And your body's not going to respond well to that. Will it respond a little bit? Probably for a long time, consistently, predictably, probably not. Um, When it comes to like, who is in a good position to actually benefit from having their goal be like doing both at the same time. I would say only like green newbie beginners in the gym do strength training. And you know, if you've been like injured or out of the gym and not being active for years and years, that would still be considered like a new um gym goer like maybe you were an athlete in high school and you've just been doing nothing for a couple years but you know if you've been dabbling with group classes or you've been on and off of diets and things like that um and in and out of the gym that's not necessarily going to be like as newbie as you think it is so you might benefit from this approach for a few months but again that time that window that you have to benefit from having both happen at the same time it kind of decreases the more consistent you are in the gym so the less time you've had um away from the gym the less time you should probably spend trying to do both at the same time like yes get back in the gym start doing your cardio and start you know doing a Uh, calorie deficit, whatever you want to do to approach things to get toned and to lose fat at the same time. But once you start plateauing, just understand that you can't keep going for six months and expect it to unplateau at some point, like it's Mm going to taper off. And then at that point, that's when it's appropriate to be like, okay, what is my specific goal? What am I going after here? If I'm going after fat loss, I'm going to do that for X amount of weeks. Yep. Then I need to stop. Like you need to have an end date. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think that, yeah, I would say like in terms of like the recomp, obviously, right? Like the building fat, building fat. (laughs) Nobody, nobody. I mean, I've been building fat for the past 16 months, y'all, but you know, it ain't fun. So um, building muscle and losing fat. So obviously that's what we're talking about whenever we're talking about recomp, right? Like recomposition. And 
in terms of like that newbie beginner, like I remember whenever I first started with my coach, like I was very much, I wasn't that much of like a newbie in the gym. Like I had been lifting, but I didn't really know what the heck I was doing. Right. And once I actually started understanding what I was doing, lifting, like that recomp for me was nuts. Like I was putting on muscle and losing fat very, very easily um, because that was a newer process for me. Right. But as we get more advanced, it is going to be a little bit more difficult for our body to do that. And so we kind of have to pick and choose now, like whenever we're in a calorie deficit, does that mean that we're absolutely not building any muscle at all? No, like we absolutely still can build some muscle, but is it going to be as effective as if we were eating at maintenance or in a surplus? No. Right. And so I think that that's, what's really important for most people to understand. Um, and I think too, it's important for us to get into like a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about the scale and body recomp, because I think that this is something that you're a perfect example of this, Laura. And that's why, like, we'd love to have you talk about this. Cause like, again, like the scale might not change and your body might be changing. So would you talk a little bit about kind of like the science behind why that happens? Yeah. Yeah. So again, like obviously the, the processes of losing fat and building muscle in your body, they happen at different times. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they can both be happening. If you're in a fat loss phase, yes, they can both be happening. If you're in a building phase it's just going to be what one is happening at a more prioritized rate actually like being fully supported by your decision to go after one goal at a time one of those be more efficient um but when it comes to like the scale and the reflection on the scale and this is something that i'm sure you guys talk about with every client every single week as Mm -hmm. well um but yeah the scale is not even important in my opinion it's like, I hate even saying that because we're fitness coaches like it's important because it's a it's a data point but it's mm-hmm. not that important and I always like to also say to my clients and to anyone listening who's having trouble dealing with not seeing big changes in the scale and thinking that they're not making progress you guys need to switch your mindset and stop trying to manipulate a number and remember that your goal is to change your body, not mm-hmm. to change the number. And another thing that I like to like do for tricking people really quickly, just another tip. Um, if you track your weight in kilograms, it's not going to have any meaning to you. You have no meaning, no actual emotion to put behind that number because you don't have context around it. You don't have any feelings around it. Mm-hmm. So if you're so attached to that number, like try tracking in kilograms just for the sake of keeping that data log, like whether it's for your coach or for yourself to look back on every once in a while and convert to weight pounds mm-hmm. so that you understand it. Yeah. But so like take the emotion out of it day to day. Like it's just a number. Look at it obde- objectively, track the data and go. Yeah, uh, such a great hack. I love that. Yeah. That is. Too. Um, but anyway, back to like what, what's happening here. So of course, if we are losing fat, that is going to happen at like the healthy rate is like a half a pound to a pound and a half per week on average. I'm sure Mm -hmm. you guys have talked about that too. Um, but since our bodies do not move or change linearly, that's not going to reflect every single week within your biofeedback, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, everything you're tracking here, your scale weight and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I really like to encourage women to look at their weight fluctuations in a month to month basis, as opposed Mm -hmm. to a week to week basis, because we have a whole menstrual cycle to get through every 30 days. So many things play into fluctuations that you just cannot expect a half a pound, one pound, two pounds to just automatically come off every single week. Right. Yeah. And then of course, within trying to build muscle, trying to get tone, trying to actually change our body composition through weight training and things like that there's going to be so many things that affect your weight fluctuations throughout Mm -hmm. the week because we're training. We've got inflammation, we've got water, we've got carbohydrates doing more water retention. There's so much going on here that I like to just, you know, make sure that people are understanding that your actions week to week are sort of masking what's truly going on underneath, which is why I say, look at it on a monthly basis mm-hmm. um, because normally people get through their menstrual cycle and then all of a sudden they have a big dip in weight and that yeah. happens once a month. So people are expecting that to happen every single week and they're so discouraged when it only happens once a month, but that's normal. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so, so true. And yeah, like, like Laura said, like, it's so context driven, and it's dependent on every single person in terms of kind of how their body responds to all of these different factors. But I think it's just so important to remember that, like, Again, I find this being more of a difficulty with the older population who is extremely weight centric and extremely weight driven, right? And it's just so important to remember and educate on the fact that all of these factors play such a big role. And I think that there are a lot of like coaches and people out there who don't love using the scale for me personally, like I like having my clients take their weight because then I can educate them on why the fluctuations are happening. That way they actually have a better relationship with the scale. Like I personally, I don't really think that avoiding the scale makes your relationship with it any better per se. I think that understanding why the scale fluctuates makes it better, you know, because then you can put logic behind it. Yeah. I actually intentionally have my, I think we've talked about this before, but I intentionally have my clients weigh twice a week at least, um, Mm -hmm. because I don't want them on in a perfect world, we would be able to have them do like a daily weight and then average it. Cause that would be the best representation. But I'm aware that for many people that mentally will not be good for them. So I do a twice a week and I intentionally have it be like on their check-in day. And if their check-in day is like end of the week, I have it at the beginning of the week and like vice versa, because I want them to see like, if people are going to be off track or they're going to have foods even on track, that are like higher sodium, et cetera. They're usually doing it on the weekend. That's usually Mm -hmm. when they're getting less sleep. And I want them to see how much that can change in those like three or four days just from losing water, whatever else that way we can have that opportunity. So that's definitely a hack too, is like for a lot of people, like I think people at, I, like those of you at home, I feel like a radio station, like for our <laughs> listeners of you, at home, for listeners at home. <laughs> but if you're not working with a coach and you're someone who's obsessing over the scale, a lot of times there is like just not education about that. Like I used to just weigh myself at random fucking times of the day. I used to weigh myself on random days of the week, like no matter what I did the night before, like, and you know, people that go and weigh themselves at the gym, we've, we've bitched about this for sure. Like, why are there even scales at gyms? That makes oh, no man. sense. Why so weigh yourself annoying. after a workout? Most people aren't training fasted. So why would you weigh yourself before? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And like some people, personal <laughs> trainers will use that as like their data collection for clients. And I'm like, that makes no sense. That's a whole nother thing we could go down. But like the understanding the scale, I think all of us have tried to empower clients with that information. And sometimes it's really beneficial. And sometimes it's just like something that doesn't stick. I have definitely it's case dependent, right? It's individual, individual dependent. I've definitely had clients that I do pull the scale, especially in like reverse diets. Same, and stuff. Same. If, they, mm-hmm. if they cannot stop fixating on it, no matter what mm-hmm. voodoo I try to pull as a coach, as far yeah. as like analogies and everything else, I'm like, all right, we're not doing it then. Because yep. I think all of us have probably seen clients that will dig themselves such a hole of self-sabotage because of this arbitrary number. And I love like your analogy about the kilograms and stuff, because it would detach yourself from it. But I, I'm like, I've had, I have a client, I have a few clients that are not American. Right. And so they, sometimes they would initially give me their weight in kilograms. So for them, it's like the same thing. They just feel like it's dropping or it's not right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wonder if they did it in pounds, if it would be whatever. But I always just ask them, you know, and I've made a post about this. I'm like, wait, I am so confused. Like how we all even got here because no one knows that number unless you tell them, like, I do not. I don't, I know that there's like a lot of stuff that's been thrown at us about like ideal numbers and things like that, but it's just, it's bizarre to me because I'm like, there's a, besides you, me asking you that and your doctor asking you that, however many times you go, like you don't wear it on a name tag. It's not like flashing above your head, but your body is what you're taking with you everywhere. So why would you not put more emphasis on that? And yeah, I could go down a whole other rabbit hole that I think some doctor's visits are causing issues with people's attachment. By the way, you can refuse your weight at the doctor's. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that. No, I didn't. Yeah. You can absolutely. So for any of you listening who do not want your weight taken, you can absolutely refuse weight. You just go to them and say, Hey, I have a history of, you know, disordered eating, whatever it may be. And I do not want my weight taken and they won't take it. At least they should not like they can't force you to take your weight. You know, that's great because I do mm-hmm. think that's part of the issue too, for the same reasons as we just complained about the gym situation. Like some people are going to like a 2 PM doctor's appointment. Like my weight changes. I've, I actually want to do like a, a video about this sometime, but like I've, I've 
captured this in pictures for people before my weight changes up to eight pounds in a day. Like Mm -hmm. my weight at the end of the day and the beginning of the day can be that drastically different based on what I'm eating or what I'm doing. And so for people to just like have that thrown on them and then been like, I've had clients come to me like crying being like, Oh, the doctor, they told me I'm up 10 pounds from my last visit. And I'm like, you're like, where's the context pounds from this morning? Like, I don't, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, fuck, the, fuck the scale in short, but not really. <laughs> fuck, fuck the scale without, without context. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 I completely agree with that. And, you know, in terms of kind of like just talking about like, obviously like building muscle, losing fat, all of that kind of stuff. I would love for us to kind of like give our listeners just some like tangible takeaways, especially people who are newer to this journey and kind of are able to see that body recomp, which we've kind of touched on them a bit, but like almost even like a little checklist of things like, okay, for, you know, with nutrition training, different things like that. I think it would be really important also to just touch on really quickly. This is something that I actually wanted to ask you about first is like, I've been talking a lot about this in my content lately too, but like the aspect of like progressive overload training, um, in that aspect versus like doing like random, uh, like fitness classes or like things that you see your favorite influencer do, whatever it may be. Can you dive into that a little bit first and just talking about like the effectiveness of each? Yeah. So kind of like similar to how you can capitalize on that newbie gains period when you're so green in the gym in terms of like being consistent with things with your eating and your training, Mm -hmm. uh, you can really still get a decent amount of benefit in terms of like physical change, strength change, feeling like more endurance and everything, doing random workouts for a while in the beginning. Mm -hmm. There is no doubt about that. It's going to be a new stimulus. It's going to be something your body adapts to. Mm-hmm. Then after a few months, it's not going to any longer be a new stimulus. You're going to be used to working out. Your body's going to expect that you're going to be lifting heavy objects in some kind of pattern. And it's not going to have anything specifically consistent to adapt to. Yeah. So progressive overload needs to come in at some point. And in my opinion, you should just start with that from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You're going to hate it and not hate it in terms of like not liking the process, but everyone hates change is what I mean. Yep. So you're going to start doing random stuff. You're going to get addicted to doing random swipe workouts and the, the results that you're seeing until they stop showing up. Yeah. And then you're going to sit there and do the same thing with the nutrition. You're going to have the, oh, well, I've been doing this and it's been working. So I'm going to keep trying. I'm just going to keep trying. When yep. Started from the beginning, actually following a plan and utilizing progressive overload, which means going in and doing the same workouts, getting better at them, mm-hmm. not doing more stuff or fancier stuff, just doing the same stuff better mm-hmm. over and over and over. That's going to get you farther, faster, and it's going to cut out that middle portion of time where you're like, I don't want to change my approach. Yeah, that's so true. And I think it all comes back to like you said, Laura is like having a plan and starting out with a plan. And I always say this is that something is going to work until it doesn't. And if you don't have a means or a method of being able to adjust the plan and change the plan, because you've just been again, like doing random stuff and throwing shit. Yeah. Throwing shit at a wall, hoping it sticks. There's no way that, that you can adjust things or that you can know what's actually been working for you. Right. And so that's the importance of the progressive overload style of training. That's the importance of just having a plan whenever it comes to training and your nutrition as well. And I know that a lot of people, again, like they're like, well, I'm just going to start out with this and then figure it out from there. But I'm like, dude, like, why would you just not start out with the thing that you know is going to work? Versus wasting time with something that like, yeah, it'll get your results for a little bit, but then, you know, it's going to plateau. But again, I guess like a lot of people don't realize that it'll plateau, but that's why we're here to tell you it will, you know? Right. Well, and I think too, like part of the big issue here that you're talking about is like one people want to do the different, different stuff because it's like, oh, this is, they're scared to change it, but also they're scared to not change it. Like Mm -hmm. that's the other big thing. And I I think, um, we always talk about James clear on here. I know all of us have read that, but he talks about, you know, like it's actually not failure. That's usually stopping people. It's boredom. 
Like mm-hmm. you're not, you're, people fail because they get bored and it's because everything else that is pitched to you is like a 30 day time frame or 60 days, 70, 75, whatever. And, you know, I have like my workouts, I didn't change workouts for like a year, like, you know, and, or like minor adjustments here and there, like, but the, like I said, it's the same basics. And a lot of people don't want to do something like that. Cause it's like, quote unquote, not exciting. It's why they program hop. It's why they don't want to sign a six or 12 month commitment with a coach because they never have to do things that are that long. And human nature is that especially everything, this is my like qualm with like social media and stuff like that too, is that everything is like not only instant gratification, but we are shifting constantly to more and more platforms that require the least amount of attention. Like it's like seven second videos are getting us the blah, blah, blah. And like, that's actually why I was like, I was genuinely shocked when like, as content creators, we all pay attention to this shit. People that just are on TikTok are probably like, what are you talking about? But when we're like, oh, they're pushing three minute videos now and stuff. And I was like, really? People are watching three minute videos? Fantastic. (laughs) Because like, we're just so, we're getting conditioned to want things to be ever changing to keep our attention. And Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to sell people who have constantly program hopped, who have constantly just done the swipe workouts on, you know, doing workouts for six months at a time and doing the same thing. And I think that this conversation also always, you know, I always like to give this disclaimer, especially like I know Kara and I have had a lot of conversations about our views on health and fitness and training and stuff changing as we have changed in our journeys as well. But I always want to just circle back to something that Laura has continuously pointed out is that it's always context driven. So again, if you are going to fitness classes or doing stuff like that, just to move your body, just to feel good, that is fine. And our girl Macy was talking about this yesterday and I like messaged her and I was like, I feel like this gets, there's so much attacking on either side of this all the time. And like, I'm never going to tell you that going to F45 is bad for you. If that, Mm -hmm. if you're going to exercise or if you enjoy that, it's, if you like running, like great move your body. Also, there's something to be said about while I was bodybuilding and looking the best in my life, I had zero fucking endurance. I was not, I'm not athletic whatsoever. Yeah. Like, like cardiovascular health, still important. Like all of those things matter, but it's context driven. So if you are doing those things and you're trying to make your body look a certain way and it's not working, that's not working for you. We're not telling you classes are trash and like, you can't, like, you shouldn't do that. I'm telling you, we are telling you if you're trying to reach a specific body composition goal, you want to have like the fit girl look, you want to look curvy, you want to lose weight and it's not working. That's not the path. Like that is so important. And I think that we often just get in these camps and people get so angry about this and being like, Oh, like you guys are supposed to be fitness professionals. And now you're shaming people for moving their bodies. No, I don't, I don't care. I, I was talking about, I thought about joining a, a membership like two months ago. I told Kara, I was like, I might go to one of these classes and fuck around and find out, see what's yeah. going on. Like, see how I, I'm out of shape I am. I will fully admit that <laughs> like, I would not be able kick to keep my up with, ass. No, like, I would not be able to keep up with those people in those classes whatsoever. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. But again, that's not like, that's because my goal over this winter, I was like going through it and needed to get back into it. And I was like, I just want to do something that moves my body. Like, yeah. and if that's your goal, that's fine. I have clients that we negotiate that kind of stuff too. But if you're coming to me and you're like stuck because you've been going to burn boot camp six times a week for the last four months and you're not seeing any progress, that's because of exactly what we we're just talking about. We yeah. don't have any progressive overload. We're probably overtraining, like all of these things. So it's always, always, always context driven. And this is why it's so important to just work with someone one on one than trying to take all of this information and just run with it. Yeah. I fully agree with that. And I think that that was so important to bring up is just the context behind it and understanding that we're never bashing, like we're never bashing cardio, cardiovascular health is so important. We're never bashing classes. It's just, again, we get frustrated when we see like all of these people struggling so hard to reach their goal and they're doing like they're being fed, like these classes, these cardio things, whatever it may be that we know aren't going to work within the context of the goal that they're trying to achieve, you know? Yeah. Well, we're often seeing women who are like, this is a whole nother realm of things you could get into when you're talking about biofeedback and body comp and things is like a lot of the women who are doing those type of classes are doing it because it's like easy or like a 30 or 45 minute thing to get into because they're so stressed. They have so much going on and they don't realize that those types of classes are actually exacerbating the issue of stress. Like they're putting a lot of stress on your body. Like there's just so many factors that I think people aren't aware of, um, that are possibly getting in the way of the like results they're chasing. Yeah. 100%. I agree with that fully for sure. So 
on the side, obviously, like we've covered a ton on the side of training and, you know, we touched a little bit about nutrition, but would love to hear from you, Laura, just in terms of like really focusing on like body recomp and things like that. Like what are some of the things that we should be looking for in terms of nutrition? Like what are the, some of the things that we should be avoiding within the context of like this specific goal? Yeah. So I love this question. So, um, again, let's create some context for these people. So Mm -hmm. if you are a woman who wants to look like you lift and Mm -hmm. you have some fat to lose, you also want to put more muscle tissue on your body. Mm -hmm. You might be at a point where you're kind of sick of dieting. You're kind of sick of attempting to spin your wheels and do all the things that we've been talking about. You might also be afraid to go for a full on growth phase. This is the position that I find 99% of my clients come to me in. They're sick of dieting. They want to look toned. They want body recomposition ultimately, mm-hmm. but they're also like not really willing to go f- bulk for a year. So yeah. that's understandable. The happy medium ground is approaching your goals and calling it body recomposition. Mm-hmm. Now you have to be very patient in this process. And yeah. I'm, again, say contextually here, this is not right for someone who is not willing to put this in for at least a year, like stick to this for at least one whole year, not six to eight months. Like if you're going to put in six to eight months, just go the full year. Okay. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So true. So if you're at this point where you're sick of dieting, you want your body to change and you also just don't want to go to these extremes. This is where you want to be. Um, and we kind of talked about like creating a little checklist for them. So I guess this could be the checklist yeah. of like what to do, um, mm-hmm. in that situation. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. So just like we talked about with nutrition, we do not want to be in a calorie deficit. We need to be eating at at least maintenance calories if not a very slight surplus and stop being afraid of a surplus because your body is going to adapt while you're in this body recomposition phase. And ideally your metabolism is going to increase. So this means that your maintenance calories are going to increase at the beginning of this phase. Hypothetically, your maintenance calories might be like 1800, maybe after a year of not putting your body in a deficit and training properly and recovering properly, your maintenance calories might go up like two, three, 400 calories. And then guess what? Your body looks better. You get to eat more on a regular basis and you do not gain fat. Mm -hmm. This is why you have to be patient and do it for at least a year again. (laughs) Uh, So eat at maintenance or slightly above and continue eating as much as possible while staying within that comfort zone of like, not putting yourself in a major surplus and gaining a bunch of weight, which is what you're not trying to do. Mm -hmm. Always eat as much as possible while getting the result that you want. Okay. So if you're, if you're feeling like, oh, I need to throw in a bunch of cardio and stuff. No, stop. (laughs) Stay consistent. Um, In terms of like cardio in a body recomp phase, I think it is more important to focus on non-exercise activity overall and Mm -hmm. tracking your steps is a huge portion of this Agreed. because otherwise you just have no idea how much activity you're getting. Yeah. Um, kind of like the standard common thing you see is people trying to hit like 10,000 steps. That's just like an easy number to say like, this is an active lifestyle. That is kind of what we qualify as an active lifestyle. So that's a good number to shoot for like eight to 10 K. Um, especially if you work a very sedentary job. So more so if you're someone like us who sits all day on a computer, and um, works from home or doesn't commute, doesn't do anything like chase kids around, um, you definitely need to be hitting those steps. Mm -hmm. For additional cardio, that can kind of be your own discretion there. Like again, cardio is super important if you wanna throw in a class here and there because it keeps your endurance going cool, but you should be focusing on that progressive overload and following a program for all of your time on a fitness journey. Yep. Um, and then of course there's other little tiny things that you can focus on, but I think it's so important to stop trying to step over hundred dollar bills to pick up pennies and, Mm -hmm. um, really focus on these main things, eat as much as possible, hit your steps, progressive overload. It is really that simple. And again, going back to training, like people tend to sit oversimplify, I think progressive overload. And they just think, Oh, lift heavier, more reps. No. Yeah. (laughs) A lot to progressive overload. And that is also why people get so quote unquote bored about following Mm -hmm. a program is because they don't know how to actually train. They just know how to go through the motions. So use this time to learn how to train and your body will drastically change. Yep. 
That's so true. I think that so many people do oversimplify progressive overload and they don't realize that, you know, it is more than just weight used, right? Like we can focus on reps. We can focus on improved form. We can focus on, you know, like, are we decreasing rest time during our, during our training sessions? Like what is our rate of perceived exertion? All of these different things play into progressive overload versus just like increasing the weight. Um, but yeah, I thought that that was super helpful. And I think that that's something just really tangible that all of our listeners can take away. And it's just funny because again, like it's what we always talk about, like, you know, it really can be pretty simple. Like, does it mean that it's always easy? No, definitely not. Especially when you're somebody who is coming from this culture of, you know, wanting a quick fix and being impatient, but I think just like the general consensus is like, you have to have patience. You have to give this enough time. If you do not give this enough time, you're not going to get to where you want to be. Like, it's as simple as that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to commit commit time, no matter what your goal is. And Mm -hmm. especially if you're going to try to go after something like body recomposition, which is a very slow process. And not only is it like slow, the scale reflects it very slow. So you have to commit you cannot give up. You cannot say this isn't working after 12 weeks. You just yep. got to keep going. So yeah. true. So true. Yeah, man. I feel like that's a really good note to leave our audience with. Kylie, was there anything else that, yeah, that you wanted to add in? I feel like we covered a lot of these topics really well. Yeah, no, I think she nailed that. That was the perfect stuff to nailed leave with. It. Super, super valuable. And like we said, just like topics that we definitely like revisit in different snippets in multiple episodes, if not every week, but things that are really important to drive home because like really this episode is just like the basics of where you need to start and like knowing kind of just like the basics of like how to change your mindset around your journey. Um, it's, you know, not really a mindset episode, but you know what I mean? It's kind of like, just like the way you need to view progress and your efforts and like what things you should be doing versus what you are told or have been doing in the past. So I think yeah. this is super helpful. Um, so glad you could come on and talk about this. Like I said, when we were talking about this topic or we just like Laura would be just, would just knock this out of the park and you did. Yes, yes. So I'm just so happy you could come here and educate our listeners. Hell Thanks. yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, it's so fun and so freaking helpful. So, okay, Laura, before you go, we have two important questions for you. Dun, dun, dun. So first question is, what's your favorite carb source? Ooh, potatoes. <laughs> she quick. didn't know what to think. She quit I love with it. it. Taters, <laughs> versatile. Is it white potato, sweet potato? Doesn't matter. I love white potatoes of all kinds. I'm not a sweet potato girl unless they're sweet potato fries. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Okay. So we love our potatoes. So our question, our second question is just where can our audience find you? What do you have going on? So shameless plug time. Awesome. Yeah. So I am lift with Laura underscore after that on all social media. So Instagram, um, TikTok, I guess that's only the only social media. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. You can follow me there. And I'm actually having a big, reveal on a new offer Ooh. in like six weeks coming up here so cool. yay. if you are interested in the body recomp journey in general and starting to actually eat for your goals instead of crash so diet. cool Heck yeah dude that's amazing and you also have a facebook group correct yes i do but okay. we can't search that by username right <laughs> no yes, we can link it true. though we'll link it notes. yes Yep. So we will link obviously all of Laura's socials, her Facebook group, and definitely be sure to give her a follow to be on the lookout for that reveal. Yeah. And you guys, thank you so much for joining in as always. If this episode resonated with you, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review tag myself, Kylie, Laura, and the not your quick fix podcast. And we hope that you'll have a wonderful rest of your week. We will chat with y'all next time. Bye guys. Thank you.